All right, well, backing out of my driveway in Mobile, Alabama. It is 6.41 a.m. Got to go to work a little bit early today to take care of some things. But I hope everyone has a blessed day and I'm praying for you guys. And we've been going through this series about voices. Uh, on Monday, we looked at the, an overview of voices. Uh, Tuesday, talked about the voice of the world. Wednesday, talked about the voice of our flesh. Today, Thursday, we're going to talk about the voice of the enemy. Spoiler alert, tomorrow we're going to talk about the voice of God, Friday. But today we're going to talk about the voice of the enemy. You know, we just started a youth group at our church uh, last night. So we're excited about that. There's like five or six youth. And they started Mark. They started Mark chapter 1. And they were going through it. And the video, it's a video series and then there's a discussion and a talk. And it's a great time. And But the leader was basically like, yeah, they talked about, you know... Uh, John the Baptist, talked about Jesus getting baptized, the voice of God, it was awesome. But then he said they left out the last two verses, 12, I think it was 12 and 13, where then Jesus was tempted, the enemy showed up. You know, the enemy was there. They focused all on the positive, but they didn't prepare the youth for the negative, if you will. Like the enemy shows up right when the voice of God, this great, amazing picture happens, a voice, you know, this is my son who I'm well pleased, just this awesome, epic, amazing moment, right? It's like, wow, that's, that's so cool. And then Jesus is led away into the desert and tempted by the enemy, right? And the enemy speaks to Jesus and and tempts him with the um, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Uh, those three things that can be seen and referenced to in, in First John. But it's like there is a voice, the voice of God, which is powerful. It's booming. That voice, his voice should be the loudest in our lives. But then there's also the voice, in the, uh, the voice of the enemy who's causing us to question. And it all started out with Eve. Like, did God really say that? I mean, he told you not to and all that, but did, was that actually like him? Is he just trying to withhold something amazing from you? You know, and at first Eve resisted, but eventually she gave in and she was deceived because the voice of the enemy was led into her life, into her mind, and he had a field day. And then... He caused her, and you can't wholly and totally blame everything on the devil. You just, you know, some people are like, it's his fault, it's his fault. Well, sometimes things are our, uh, are our fault. Sometimes things are the lure of the world, all these things working together. Um, you can't just go like, it, it's, you can't blame shift all the time, if you will. Like Adam and Eve did after they fell. But she let his, his, his voice into her life to such an extent that it caused her decision making to change and we have to be careful of that because that's exactly what the enemy wants to do he wants to get in there and cause you to question 
what you know to be true and you know it to be true because it stems from the truth you see so the voice of the enemy it's actually powerful (laughs) it's a force to be reckoned with it causes discouragement it causes doubt it causes unbelief it causes us to question things that are solidified already why we have to make sure that we're guarded that as Jesus told the disciples you know as they were in the garden of Gethsemane to watch and to pray this wasn't just a random oh this is a nice spiritual thing to do while I'm in the garden sorrowful sweating you know sweat and blood like (laughs) it was serious like watch and pray deceivers are coming and this is not a call to be paranoid and to be neurotically scared, not at all. But we have to beware and be careful of the voice of the enemy because it tries to lure us away. He tries to lure us away over and over again, and then we have to be careful. And so it, it really goes back, really goes back to Eve, right? But then, as I mentioned in the beginning, I mean, look at Jesus. He was tempted by the devil continually. You know, there's only three times that we know of that's stated in Scripture. But the idea there is that Jesus was tempted constantly. And this shows that the enemy works overtime. He doesn't take a day off. He doesn't take a break. He takes pleasure in trying to pull us away from God and cause us to believe lies rather than the truth. And he tempted Jesus over and over and over again. His voice was loud. Some of the biggest deceivers have some of the loudest voices. And what I mean by that is that those who maybe talk with a kernel of truth but are mostly lies, they're the ones that are screaming from the housetops and people are listening and, and following them in droves. And they're not checking out, checking it out to make sure that the person is like even biblical or even preaching truth fully. That's a dangerous place to be. But what did Jesus do when he was tempted by those things? In the desert. By the devil. What did he do? Well, he used the word of God as a weapon. It has been said, if you want to hear the voice of God, read the word of God. If you want to hear the voice of God audibly, read the word of God out loud. Because his voice needs to to trump all other voices, including the enemies. The enemy, sure, he's powerful. He has tactics. He has, you know, strategies and all that. But... At the end of the day, he's no match for the Lord. You know, oftentimes we see this like contrast or dichotomy or like this this epic, you know, Marvel character war between there's God on one side and the devil on the other side, good and evil, darkness and light. But the fact is, the devil's not even on the same wavelength as the Lord. The Lord has control. The Lord's in charge. 
yeah, the enemy is called the God, little g, of this world. But God, big G, is the God of the universe. He created it in the first place. The enemy is a created being. God is not. He's always existed. And he's a creator of all things. But the enemy tries to get in there and causes and cause doubt in our minds, in our hearts, and cause discouragement. He tries to take all the hope that has already been planted in our heart. He tries to get in there and dig it out. Like, oh no, oh no, 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 you can't be hopeful in that. You're not sure about that. There's no way that could happen. No, that's too good to be true. No, that's impossible. Like, he plants all these thoughts in our minds that cause us to stumble and, and question and, and doubt and, and lure us and pull us away from the Lord. And that's why he, his voice cannot be in our life. His voice shouldn't be loud at all. His voice needs to be muted by the voice of God. And in that sense, God, <clears throat> God fights our battles. So don't let the enemy's voice have leeway in your life. Reject it. Stomp on it. Walk away from it. Say, Lord, take these thoughts captive because these are not from you. These are from the enemy. Take them away. These fiery darts, Lord, my shield's up. They're going to hit the shield and fall to the ground and burn out. Fizzle out. Done. That's what we need to do with the voice of the enemy. This discouraging voices that bring doubt. Let them fall to the ground. Walk away from them. Don't accept them. Don't receive them. Reject them and walk away. That is the best thing to do. His voice cannot have any influence in your life. It should not have any influence in your life. So, reject it. Walk away. Give those thoughts to the Lord. Take Him captive. And then your countenance will be lifted. And then you can hear the voice of God which should be the loudest voice in our lives. Well, God bless you guys. Hope you have an amazing day. Talk to you next time.